Many months have come and gone since I wandered from my home in those Oklahoma hills where I was born. Many a page of life has turned, many a lesson I have learned, yet I feel like in those hills I still belong. Way down yonder in the Indian nation. What is going on, everybody? And welcome to another episode of Red State Blues. I am one of your hosts, Devo, and as always, I am joined by, he's read it cover to cover, he is Daniel, the political manual. How is it going out there today, Daniel? It's, it's going well. Um, I figured we might as well get the commercial out of the way at the top. Um, do you support Red State Blues? Be the envy of all your friends and family by owning your very own signed political manual 2020 edition. Um, it will be signed by both myself and the doctor, the evil doctor, um, only for, for $39.99 makes a great stocking stuffer by Schusterman and... Okay, uh, well, I guess now we're gonna have to print up political manuals. Well, we'll see how the orders go. I hope the copy machine at school can do that for me, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's probably what it is. Uh, so guys, uh, just to let you guys know, probably gonna be a little bit shorter episode today. I'm a little bit under the weather. I don't believe it's COVID. Uh, I think it's just something else that's going around. Uh, so hopefully it isn't COVID and I'm not yep. going to have to be quarantined for 14 days. Because uh, I've got stuff I have to do, uh, oh, but you know, short, ep- short episode, right? Yeah, shorter episode. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Tim, Lucas, Belsky, uh, thank you very much. We'll see you next week. Okay, there you go. We got our plugs in. Uh, AOC, you later. No, we're kidding. Um, no, we got some stuff to talk about here, though. We did have some stuff going on this week. Uh, I-, I don't know about you, uh, Dan, but um, it seems like the last couple weeks, just I guess because of the absolute insanity of other weeks just have seemed a little bit calmer. Yeah. um, Trump came out and like, didn't expose himself on stage or, you know, didn't, yeah, it was overall calmer. Um, He didn't um, attack anybody physically or, well, he did verbally, but yeah, yeah, it, it was calmer. So we did have a presidential debate this week. Uh, the one, and this one was with the new rules of uh, muting microphones uh, after initial responses uh, and came away from it. Uh, Trump behaved himself for the most part, uh, I believe was the takeaway. Uh, and, uh, you know, I didn't watch a whole lot of the debate. I'm kind of uh, over the debates at this point. Uh, what I, from the Biden side, uh, it seemed like the biggest thing to come from that was his remarks on oil and gas industry uh, and maybe taking a, a bit of a harder line on that than maybe people thought he should have taken. Um, but what did you, uh, what did you surmise by reactions and Trump's answers and things like that? Uh, what, what's the big takeaway from this debate that we had this week? Okay. So from a Trump standpoint, um, he was not disciplined or principled or any of the things that he's not. He was just a little more so than he was in the first debate. Yeah. So by comparison. Um, so a few, a few takeaways from that. The number one thing everybody knew that Trump was going to just hammer on would be um, Hunter Biden and his laptop and Hunter's um, business associate, former disgruntled business associate was cooperating some of the story. And so that was going to be the big, you know, unveiling. And like myself, uh, Donald Trump, I'm not president. I just host a a wildly popular unsyndicated (laughs) uh, podcast. Um, 
so both myself and Trump did not go to the trouble of remembering that guy's name, the former business associate. So when Trump was trying to make the case for the evil Hunter Biden, um, he couldn't even say who his you know cohort was and could not spell out any of the, the details of what he had done. So, and just all his attacks, all of Trump's attacks really focused on an audience that would already know all the specifics and the details, which the general population does not, and they don't really care. Yeah. Um, but if you're like a diehard Fox Newser, you've been hearing this, you know, all day, every day for the last two weeks. And um, so it all landed for them, but he's already got those votes. So moderates, um, suburban housewives, they don't know or care about the story about um, Hunter and his, his lapper. Now, is it, was this debate held, aren't debates usually on like Tuesday nights? Um, Tuesday or Thursday, the town hall Thursday as well, I believe. Okay, like, cause I, I didn't know if things were off this year cause it, it just seems weird for debates to go up against the NFL. Um, yes, the answer to that question, yes, things are off this year. Yeah, like, but uh, yeah, no, I mean, I didn't see too much coming away from it. Uh, I don't know. People said, you know, like it seemed more like a debate. But again, part of Trump's whole, like, if you were to read Art of the Deal, and maybe this is what he's doing to look more presidential, maybe he's trying to behave a little bit more. But like, you know, you always start out like big and outlandish and then come down, right? Uh, you know, when you're trying then you only to- Then you're kind of crazy, seems super yeah, focused. Yeah, super focused. But yeah, I don't know. I don't think there was any smoking gun or magic moment in this debate that would have led anybody to really switch uh, their, you know, maybe maybe like the idea of, say, a Texas going blue might have gone out the window with Biden talking about oil and gas. Uh, but that was a pipe dream anyway. So, I mean, it, I, I don't well, really know. There wasn't too. I, I guess the other big thing was Biden care. Right. Biden care. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, he, he did reframe it as Biden care. And of course he asks Trump, you know, what is your healthcare plan? And, you know, Trump has no plan, obviously, just like it's under audit, just like his taxes and his COVID plan. So he can't talk about them. And that doesn't really play well for an incumbent because you can say, well, I'll show you once I get there, if you haven't been there, because that's what Trump did in 2016, is he said, I'll show you my healthcare plan once I get there. And of course, there was no plan to very few people's surprise, I think. But um, one of the biggest negatives that I don't understand and just is a reflection of Trump's ill preparedness is he um, it turned to the debate turned to um, wages and workers and employment. And um, the issue of $15 minimum wage came up where and Trump somehow became against $15 minimum wage, even though he was, he ran on 16 for the workers and, um, you know, for taking care of their wages and giving them a wage. And that's very popular in Florida, very popular in um, Pennsylvania states he has to win. And he was for it in 16 and having the door wide open to just say, yes, I'm still for it. He decided to say, no, screw the workers. I'm against uh, raising the minimum wage and it just makes no sense. I don't know how he does. I, I know he doesn't prepare for his debates, but it's really mind boggling that somebody didn't say, Hey, there's a question about workers and employment. 
continue to push the narrative that you're for the workers. I don't know how he, he fucked that up like that. And I know you, uh, you we kind of mentioned this before we did, did the record today. And, and, you know, for an incumbent, you're right um, that incumbent needs to have incumbent needs to have some policy. I don't know that Americans do well listening to policy that often. Um, you know, you, if you look at the history of the United States, um, you know, you could, I would say my examples would be FDR, Reagan, Clinton, even Obama to a degree, uh, and Trump, certainly, you know, they all sort of ran on these platforms of we're going to fix things, but would never talked about how they were going to fix them, which is exactly what Trump ran on. Whereas Biden is like trying to put actual policy out there and then people get scared because they either misunderstand it or misinterpret it or are just scared because change is scary. Uh, and so it can be a little bit problematic, but an incumbent kind of needs to have a plan, especially when you've overseen like probably the worst year in American history since like I've been alive. Like 9-11 sucked, but that sucked for a few weeks, right? This is months and months of a pandemic, so. And 9-11 was a rallying point for America. It brought us all together. Yeah. And the solution, I, I thought this from, and like, we probably talked about this back in April. You can, you know, roll the tape and, and check it out. But um, the problem with the, the pandemic being, um, polarizing is Americans are good at pulling together and going out and continuing life as normal to yeah. defeat an enemy like we did in 9-11. Mm -hmm. But against the pandemic, that's not an option. We can't go back to normal. We can't go back to business as usual to defeat this. You have to do the opposite, which we're very, very bad at as we're seeing. That's why that, um, that, that same logic is like, you know, like during World War II, we were fine with like, and not everybody, but like, people were willing to sacrifice because they could see a physical enemy to defeat, right? It's sort of like, I can't, I can't remember what scientist said it, but he's like, if global warming was a giant black dot in the sky that got bigger every year, people would take it seriously. But since right. they can't see it, they don't take it seriously. Like I, I drove past, I went and grabbed a, some uh, food from uh, Zaxby's a little while ago and I drove past a, a certain little diner that's on the way and I just saw all the after church folk piling out of this crowded ass diner with not a single mask to be seen. Like, right. Just like, okay, and this is why, yeah. yeah. And this is why Oklahoma is probably going to post up a 2K this week. So, yes, for sure. I'd say day after tomorrow. I mean, today um, we're recording on Sunday afternoon and we hit our first thousand uh, case Sunday that we've ever yeah. had. So it's, it's, it's headed off. that way. Yeah. And yeah, I, I think that's the difference between Democrats and Republicans is Democrats can see that, well, see being a bad use of um, yeah. a bad term for that, but can envision a an enemy that you cannot see, yeah. um, whereas Republicans have to see it. And with COVID, so the Republicans response and solution to an invisible enemy is to blame the experts who quantify that enemy for you and who make it real that would be i mean i don't know why never mind um I'm not gonna go down that road well you know but, yeah I, I think the thing is like uh liberals can can like visualize the a real enemy that's not there whereas a lot of conservatives like to make up enemies that aren't actually there and somehow envision them like deep states and uh you know things like that but uh you know hey whatever 
but yeah, it'll be, you know, it'll be interesting. Uh, you know, it, we're in the land, we're in the, you know, home stretch here a week. From that we are. A week and and not, not the kind of home stretch that Trump said we're in against COVID. Cause he said, we're rounding the, the, you know, turn four. Apparently we're Dale senior round in turn four. Cause it's not looking good. Well, and you know, uh, just kind of wrap up on on the the Trump and the debate stuff and when we got coming up I mean you have like I don't know it just seems it seems like you know he's he's relying on the same strategy for 20 that he used in 2016 and it simply doesn't work I mean no one cares like Hillary Clinton's emails that people don't like Hillary Clinton Hunter Biden people have no fucking clue who Hunter Biden is they do not right. they don't have a face they don't have a yeah they they don't have a motion towards hunter biden yeah um just um a few more things on the deba debate and then we'll jump off of it um you know i i find it interesting that biden was asking you know for trump to release his taxes um when at the same time trump's secret chinese accounts were leaked and he it turns out he paid more in tax to china than america what a uh, what a patriot! Um, well, and, and that and stuff though, that stuff though is like that to me. Someone said to me, you know, the thing that it's gone around the internet. Remember the time Obama wore a tan suit and people went crazy? Like yeah. this is stuff that would this was stuff that would derail any other person, but somehow, like his supporters and people on the right are just so willing to turn a blind eye to these whole like. You could probably have beaten, you know, here's, here's the big difference. I will tell you, like, between Trump's incumbency here and some of the ones in the past, especially like, because I like to make the equations between what he did in 2016 versus what, uh, versus what FDR did. And the difference was his own, like, FDR's own party tried to challenge him. No one in the Republican Party is challenging Donald Trump, with maybe the exception of Mitt Romney. And that's it. And right now. Yeah, like, and so... <laughs> and so there's, it's just they're just so willing to put up with stuff that if a Democrat or a, a opposing parties person did that, they would just be like all over. Well, speaking of um, Obama, he's been on the attack. They've been doing these rallies where people their car rallies and they'll honk their horns. People honk their horns when he says something they like. And um, he brought up just what you were talking about, where, you know, the worst they got him on was wearing a tan suit. And if um, he said, imagine if I had a you know secret Chinese bank account, Fox <laughs> News would be calling me Beijing Barry right now. So <laughs> I thought that was a pretty good line. Um, but um, speaking of good lines, I felt like Biden did land one of his strongest um, lines. Trump was saying, we're learning to live with the virus. And Biden responded with, no, we're learning to die with the virus. Yeah. And so that's that's I think that resonates with people especially since a lot of people are dying from the virus well you uh you you know you mentioned uh how we, we talked about the emails and how i think you mentioned before we went on that it's just the sequel um you know uh from 2016 you know here's yeah insert, insert the um evil democrats um emails but what about their emails um the sequel is playing out right now much like the sequel to borat um j just hit the the Amazons, um, it shipped in much less than two days. It was kind of nice. I hit the button and there it was. <laughs> yeah, no. Uh, so yeah, we did get the sequel to Borat and uh, we, you know, um, 
doesn't seem like something we would talk about, except for this Borat is very much uh, rooted in American sort of craziness and politics. And, uh, you know, uh, basically this movie uh, was being filmed and COVID hit in the middle of the filming of it. So it kind of changed some of the, you know, the narrative and gave some like different things to do in there. Uh, you've seen it, right? Correct. I watched it last night. Uh, I thought it was, I thought it was good. Uh, it's definitely got more of a centralized story than the original Borat. Fewer like, uh, like it's not as scene based of like interaction, like prank based as the original one. I suppose I think is uh, the way to say it. Um, but certainly, some yeah, it's, yeah, it's less an episode of Punked and more of a you know story, like you said, with with those episodes like kind of woven in to support the story to a degree. Right. Uh, I did think it was, uh, yeah. So if you haven't seen it, I, I, we don't want to spoil it too much. So we're not going to talk about that, uh, but you can watch that on Amazon. Uh, but we will talk about the one that does tie uh, directly into politics and someone who's been in the news, especially with the Hunter Biden stuff. And that is Rudy Giuliani uh, and the hotel room interview. So what were your thoughts on this segment of the, of the film? Well, after watching it, um, you may think, yes, the political manual um, sounds a little off, like the, the audio quality. And that's because we're recording remotely because I don't want to get the microphone um, stuck in my pants. <laughs> like Rudy, Rudy got the microphone stuck in his pants. So he had to go in and got tangled around his balls, I guess. So he had to go fondle himself to get the microphone out. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't think the scene was, you know, as I don't know. It's, awful but like you said we're so over and inundated with this kind of stuff from this administration that you know it's it seems like par for the course so i, I think uh the the thing for me okay i was just checking uh all right so a little less scandalous uh, you know i i think the misnomer like in in the movie the girl is portrayed as being 15 years old right um Rudy Giuliani never knew that she was supposed to be 15 years old. So the Chris Hansen shit is out the window. Right. Agreed. Uh, and I, I just looked it up because I didn't know for sure, but Rudy Giuliani is also like uh, divorced or his, I don't know if his wife died or divorced or whatever, but he's no longer married. So he's, he is single where it is like, it is a skeezy interaction because she's clearly a young woman um many many years his uh his his, his junior. yeah his junior um and so the scene as it's portrayed she's kind of flirting with him a little bit i guess or she's like starstruck with him which yeah this is it's not acceptable behavior because it's basically utilizing your power over someone you know um to get something, but he was clearly thinking that he was going to go have sex with her. Yes. Uh, but I mean, with all the things you said, yes, he just seemed like a giant slime ball, which we already knew he is. So he, I'm not saying lock him up. It's just, you know, he's, he's a dirt bag, but we knew that. Yeah. It would almost be better if he just came out and just said, well, yeah, I'm single. I thought she was into me. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, that's what you'd expect from America's dirt bag. Yeah. And so like, I think trying to cover it up by saying that you were tucking your shirt. Cause we all lay down when we tuck our shirts in, right? That's what right. I do. I have my freshly ironed shirt. And the first thing I do is lie down on a bed and try to tuck it in. Yeah. No, 
or whenever you've, uh, you know, I haven't been on many productions. Uh, I've been on, I have the news, I've been on, you know, uh, I've done studio news once. And when they put the microphone pack on me, they didn't put it down my crotch. <laughs> so <laughs> surprise. Yeah. I, I don't remember. I mean, I saw the, um, to tie a couple things together, um, the 60 Minutes interview with Leslie Stahl and Donald Trump are airing tonight. Yeah. And I don't think Donald Trump, I mean, we'll see tonight on 60 Minutes. Maybe um, I missed this part on the part that Trump leaked, but I don't think Trump got up and left the meeting to go lay in a bed waiting for Leslie Stahl to come lay no, in the bed. No, I, I, just, sure, yeah, I don't think so. I don't think that happened. I don't think that's how usually these things go, but you know, I could be wrong. I'm not a, you know, I'm a, I'm a humble podcast network executive. I'm not a, uh, you know, big time uh, TV news person. So I don't know, maybe you do just jam that battery pack because that's probably what is best for, for men is to jam a hot battery pack down your <laughs> front of your pants, right? Jesus. Come on, dude. Like, like whatever. <laughs> like just, This is one of those, the cover up is worse than the crime. It did seem like the movie was building to that like moment or, or whatever, you know, um, but again, just talking about like uh, how do I think you mentioned how do people keep falling for this stuff uh, in these movies? You guys, when you watch it, you'll see it. I think a lot of it is just like, you know, having worked like having worked retail, you just kind of like block stuff out. And, yeah, you kind of have to turn reality off and just. And you're just into a retail robot. Yeah, you're just like, oh, okay, I don't care what this person is telling me, or you know. And so I, I remember I had a friend who really couldn't stand like the Borats and like the Brunos type stuff of the world because he's like, yeah, it just seems like they're taking advantage of people at times who are just trying to be nice, you know. Um, right. But you know, so it was. I don't know. It was a good movie. Go watch it. It's free if you have Prime. So it's not free. That's dumb. You have to pay for Prime. But uh, you know. If it's if you have Prime, go watch it. It's 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 pretty good, and you'll see some figures in there. And one of those figures you'll see is Michael Pence, who's in the news again. Yes, uh, indeed. Like uh, because three of his aides tested positive for COVID, and uh, somehow still has not. Yeah, uh, is the White House just a super spreader? <laughs> yes, and I guess I guess Trump didn't let Pence come to the White House. I guess he must just live like out in the like, he just has like a little like shack. I got to think. So I don't know if you know much about the Reagan presidency, but, uh, but like how Nancy Reagan just hated George HW Bush. Like she thought that they were just like, and you know, I don't quite get it. Cause they weren't like poor, but she just thought that they were like trash people or something. And so they kind of treated them like trash. <laughs> and uh, so maybe that's just what they do with Pence. Is Melania or, you know, Melania is just like, I don't like him. He's a weird Hoosier. So like go live in the out, out, out back house or something. So they do have different differing sensibilities to say the least. Uh, to say the least. Yeah. I don't think they run in the same circles. I definitely don't think that Michael Pence has been on the, uh, the Lolita Express. So, uh, but whereas the rest of them might have been. Uh, if we, uh, yeah, so, you know, again, the thing that we're looking at, um, we're a week and a few days off from the presidential election. I have said, and I, I, you know, if on that night Biden has won, then Biden has won, right? Um, and if Biden wins, we are going to have a long road of trouble between November 4th and January 20th, uh, in the lame duck era of Donald Trump. Um, now, what does that mean? 
I don't know, maybe Bill Cosby's let out of prison. I don't know. <laughs> like, uh, the pardon machine is going to be running pretty hardcore. Like, well, yeah, and I don't know if he can. I guess we'll find out if he can um, write a postdated pardon for himself. So once he is convicted, he can go back and say, well, I got this pardon signed by President Trump. I am. I, am uh, I don't know. I guess. Boy, I guess you could. He could tell Barr to speed the charges through. Then step down as president and then have Pence pardon him, pardon him before like that would be like like because if he really has done like what he has if he's done this stuff i don't know how interested i'll be honest with you i don't know how interested a biden presidency is going to be in charging donald trump with things that Um, seems like a very donald trump kind of thing to do yeah i don't think they will be because i think biden is trying to do his best to promote himself as a uniter and i don't think he wants to like seem like he's being vindictive uh toward the republican party but I mean, if Trump was, I, I, yeah, I completely agree. I just, I, and that's not even my biggest concern. My biggest concern is the the dog whistles that Trump has been sending to the alt right, to the Proud Boys, to the militia people, the Q, to you know, all these people. Um, you know, he's going to call upon them to come save the day after the election was stolen from them. Yeah. I, I mean, maybe, um, I, I, I don't know. Like, I don't think, maybe he does, maybe he doesn't. Maybe he's just been using that stuff to like whip up fear of like, well, you better vote for me or this is going to happen, you know? And then when he loses, he just realizes that he's lost. I mean, the man has lost a lot before in his life. I mean, this will be the first time he's lost, right? This would be the most public of his defeats. Yeah, I mean, be, yeah, the most public of his defeats, but I mean, he's lost before. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't see, and again, even if he did, like, fine, do it. Like, see how the Proud Boys do against the army, <laughs> you know? Because, <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, he can do that all he wants, but like, as much as the he likes to think that he controls the military, I think there's enough smart people within our military to realize that no, <laughs> like if the right. police take to the street, uh, yeah, it's going to be a bloodbath on their on their end. But but, but again, he's not just going to say, okay, I lost. Now come defend my honor because I want to stay. He's going to say this election is rigged. Oh yeah, and, you know he's going to claim that he did win and that the military needs to back him because he is the still the president and he won the election, except it was stolen by Antifa or whatever. And black lives matter. Yes. Those election stealing organizations out there. Yes. Well, hopefully it will be a crushing defeat and uh, he will not have a leg to stand on. So please, I hope everybody's getting out there to vote. Uh, And boy, don't, I don't really want to have a bad, bad Wednesday. So we've had, had enough bad days this year. Let's not have another one. Uh, and let's, let's get that orange buffoon out of the office. Now, if we want to talk about a little bit of local stuff, you know, uh, well, if Mike Pence is his aides, uh, his aides have uh, uh, the COVID, certainly a lot more Okies have the COVID right now, uh, because turns out uh, fall break, PBR events in the BOK, cattle shows at the fairgrounds, insert other things here, 
uh, massive indoor gatherings, turns out we're having spikes in uh, COVID numbers. We had 1829, I believe, on uh, Saturday. And right. our first Sunday over a thousand. And in the wake of these and all of our hospital beds being full, we've had the first stories of people being turned away and having to go to Texas to get a hospital bed uh, coming this week. In the wake of all that, because we've clearly got it under control, uh, Governor Stitt has disbanded the task force meant to deal with COVID. I mean, it's not that big deal, honestly. I mean, it wasn't doing anything. No, but I, it, it's all, sing, you know, it's signaling because, you know, that's Pence's, or Pence's, um, that's Stitt's response is to downplay it and say how great we're handling it. So him shutting down the task force is his way of saying mission accomplished. Yeah, flying the banner. Yeah. So, mission yeah. accomplished. Um, yeah, boy. The worst is yet to come, unfortunately, with COVID and Oklahoma and hospitalizations. Um, we're on too steep of a trajectory to not continue to get worse as, you know, winter sets in and the flu sets in. So it's yeah. going to be a rough couple months. It's be a rough couple months out there. So everybody, you know, uh, you know, stay masked up, get your flu shot. Uh, I know, uh, boy, uh, you know, I, every – Look, the absurdity is that every school is dealing with stuff differently. And with the CDC, if you, if you follow the CDC's new recommendation, like one case at a school could potentially shut it down. Like if you followed it to the T, because the new recommendation is it used to be six feet, less than six feet for 15 solid minutes. Right. And now it's less than six feet for a total of 15 minutes over a 24 hour period. Which is right. fucking stupid. <laughs> yeah, it's still dumb, but it's less dumb than before. I guess. I, I, guess, I guess if you're just like basing it on probability that you would be exposed just there, but I mean, like, it's not like okay. Well, again, the same thing. Well, I only saw you four different times a day for three minutes, so I'm good, even though you had COVID because I didn't hit that 15 minute mark. It's still dumb, but I guess if you're thinking about it in the terms of probability, right. Then, then okay, it makes sense. But yeah, no, I mean that's that could potentially shut things down pretty quick if schools were to actually follow it. You know, here in Tulsa, TPS decided to hold off on the uh, the return of their older students until January, which I got to be honest with you, I don't. I mean, I, I don't see it being any different in January. Uh, no, me either. The only hope would be a a vaccine. And a vaccine that's only probably going to be about 55 to 60% effective. So, um, well, and if a 55% effective vaccine is taken by 40% of the population and is not widely available until March or April, because the first batch, you have to, um, the, a couple of the leading vaccines, you have to take two doses 30 days apart. So, yeah. even if it's the market today, nobody would be vaccinated until December. Yep. And small I'm, people that would. Yeah. So, I mean, a vaccine's not the answer anytime soon, unfortunately. And uh, let's see, other, uh, just some, some local stuff. We don't have a whole lot of local stuff. We'll go over some local races next week with uh, Belsky. Belsky will be back. Uh, to, we're going to go over all the big polls, the races, the, what, what the chart looks like, the pathway to the White House. 
uh, chances for people here. I will say this is the home stretch for our local races. So please donate some money to our local politicians who need it, especially even if they're not in your district, but you know they can win. Uh, donate money to some Joanna Dossett. She really, really needs it. Uh, get out there and uh, vote for, uh, I always screw up his name, the city council, uh, Mikey, uh, oh, what's his last name? Uh, he's running for Cass Fowler's seat. Oh, okay. um, Mikey something or other. I can't remember his name. Yo, it's, Mikey. Yeah, just don't vote for Cass Fowler. Vote for the other guy. Yeah, vote uh, for Motorcycle Michael. Now, we did, yeah, we did have uh, sort of, if we had that, you know, the moment that I guess finally happened where uh, G.T. Bynum, uh, and not directly, it uh, turns out he had no notion of it, um, uh, allegedly, but uh, the a street mural that was dedicated to a, uh, a Marine who lost his life that had been there since 2003, maybe, I think is when it was. It, it had been there quite a long time. Yeah. Uh, a street mural was painted over. It was an American flag mural, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, honoring this person's memory. And of course, people on the right got all up in arms that, oh, you're covering over a memorial to a soldier. And then people on the left were quick to point out and say, well, if you're going to cover over the Black Lives Matter, then you got to cover them over all of them. So, well, yeah, if the city council, that's that was their stance was yeah. we can't pick winners and losers and pick sides. If you're going to, if you're genuine with that, then you can't pick sides. I mean, it's that simple. And um, that reminded me of last week or a couple of weeks ago, they had um, a group that um, painted BLM right in front of city hall and the police immediate, the police Facebook page was posting pictures of the people who did it, trying to get the public to identify them so they could charge them. Um, and so they figured out who they were. They sent the names to Steve Kuntzweiler um, to prosecute them. And he said, um, we're here to prosecute real crime. We're not going to waste our time with this. So he refused to prosecute yeah. those uh, people. That's good. Yeah. And if he had prosecuted those people, then like the people that painted this street mural would have to be prosecuted too. Right. Right. Exactly. So, I mean, like, so just fine, like get over it. I, I you know, like, <laughs> that's that's what happens you know when when you can't be cool about things you know <laughs> well yeah we need people in authoritative uh positions to be calling balls and strikes not to be inserting their politics into those decisions yeah so you know that was that was fun um but uh you know there's uh again guys yeah just uh i'm a little under the weather and i'm starting to feel it now uh but uh I do want to say something before we uh, hit the old dusty trails here, guys. Uh, this is October 26th. This is coming out today. I'm going to release this here in a little bit here on October 25th. But October 26th is the fourth anniversary of the Soundstooth Network. Uh, so we just want to give a shout out to uh, Landry Miller, who helped create the network. Um, That'd be the full overlord the evil overlord landry miller who helped uh, create the network four years of soundstooth we're bigger and stronger than we've ever been uh doing a great job out there uh shout out to all the other great podcasts on the network opinions like a-holes digital intercourse laughter and lyrics uh, uh oh uh we're forgetting it um the tulsa music podcast i can't remember the name of it now uh, and then, uh, you know, Wrestlelore, Getting Greasy, uh, I think I already said Digital Intercourse, uh, all those great podcasts, uh, Friday Night Death Slot, a newer podcast, uh, Night to the Sounds Table, 
So uh, all the live streaming that we've been doing and things like that. So it's been a pleasure being on the network. Uh, so just want to give a shout out to everybody. Go visit our Facebook page, facebook.com slash soundstooth. Uh, like us, follow us, all that fun stuff. Do it for us too here on Red, uh, Red Blue Pod, uh, Red State Blues. Go check out our Facebook uh, post and, and follow us. Send us an email or something. Message us. We'd love to hear from you. Let us know what's going on. Uh, got anything else we need to talk about here before we, uh, we, we wind her out? Well, um, I know it's a long shot, but if we, and we'll talk about, again, local races and statewide races. If we are able to flip the state house, which is like a one in 10,000 chance that that would happen. If we were able to flip the state house of representatives to blue, um, I did get a verbal commitment from the ocean spray longboard guy that he would come and join us on the pod. And oh. we do a, we'd get a video of him um, on the pod. So that would be exciting. Uh, uh, that comes with Fleetwood Mac. So yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty cool. I'm, I'm, it just sounds like I'm going to have to buy a cameo is what it sounds like <laughs> but okay yeah yeah you know uh, we'll do it on Zoom, just down the street yeah we'll just yeah oh there he goes hey you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> all right well guys thank you so much for listening uh hit us up on twitter twitter.com slash red blue pod uh you can uh check out if you like belsky's work uh from the previous weeks you can check him out on twitter as well twitter.com slash wrong lines uh, he's got all sorts of polling data and everything that he's talking about on there in the political uh, Twitter. Oh, I forgot to mention Landry Miller's podcast, Spare Some Change. Uh, kind of has some overlap with us. It's a uh, Tulsa activism podcast, uh, doing a lot of stuff currently, uh, working on trying to remove that pioneer uh, monument in Owen Park uh, that was basically erected to celebrate white people stealing Indian land in Oklahoma. So uh, just uh, check out his pod out there as well. And all that fun stuff. You can catch me on an episode a few weeks ago talking about uh, teaching in Oklahoma and things like that. All right, guys, that's it for us. Uh, for Daniel, the political manual, I am Devo. And as always, be safe and make good decisions.